secret oath has made her run now, and here she comes from the back of the pack. She has stormed up into third, creative minister fourth, epicenter cuts the corner in fifth, and they're into the stretch. It's early voting who comes into the final furlong with a three-length lead. Secret Oath is second. Epicenter is on the rail. Behind that creative minister. Then it's Armagnac. It is early voting. Reaching for the wire. Epicenter closing on the inside. Early voting. Epicenter. Early voting comes inside and wins it. He wins the Preakness by a length and a half. Epicenter was second. And then comes creative minister in third. Simplification was fourth. Early voting was weaving in and out there toward the finish. But he wins the Preakness in 154 and 2 fifth seconds. This is BetQL Daily with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Welcome back, back. BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Friday. Breaking down NBA Finals Game 4. We're going to get the thoughts of our guests here on that coming up a couple of minutes. But we're also going to get his thoughts on the Belmont Stakes. Mutt joining us from WEI, also part of the BetQL Network, BetQL Boston. He's with us here on the Roma Guest Line. Mutt, welcome back to the show. Belmont Stakes this weekend, eight-horse field, including Rich Strike, who obviously uh, surprised everyone by winning the Kentucky Derby. What is your, uh, what's your feeling on this field here, these horses that we have in the Belmont Stakes? Morning, guys. Uh, great to be with the Joes on a beautiful Friday here in New England. Uh, yeah, much like the, the rest of the Saturday card at Belmont, it's a little bit underwhelming. Uh, you have the Derby winner, obviously, but Preakness winner early voting. They decide to bypass it. No other. Mo Donegal is here from the Derby. Uh, typical Todd Pletcher move. He ran in the Derby and then waited for the Belmont Stakes. Creative Minister, to his credit, you know, ran on Derby Day in an allowance race and then ran third in the Preakness's back. But the days of, of horses running all three times in the Triple Crown, they're just gone. And so it's an interesting race uh, with some speed signed on here with the inside horse, We the People, and the Philly Nest uh, trying to win it for the girls. But uh, kind of an underwhelming Belmont that, that matches up with, unfortunately, a, a day that's filled with talent on the undercard. But uh, as far as entries go, uh, there are a lot of five and six horse fields, unfortunately. Do you agree with the morning line, We the People uh, being the favorite? And uh, please explain why We the People is a favorite. Yeah, I actually think that uh, they, I'm surprised that Mo Donegal's not the favorite. Um, but I think David Aragon, who makes the morning line there in New York, probably has it right because on paper, Joe, I mean, we, the people is loose on the lead. And what, what what took me a lot of years to to realize, you know, you get into handicapping, you think, Oh, it's a mile and a half race, longest race. These horses are going to run maybe in their lives. You want to be a closer. And that's just not the reality. The last 10 Belmont stakes, the winners are within three lengths at a mile into the race. So closers really don't win the Belmont. It's horses on the front end. We saw it last year with Hot Rod Charlie almost wiring the field and getting run down by uh, essential quality. So uh, I, I take a look at this as we the people as being a legitimate favorite. I'm hoping that people bet Mo Donegal and some other horses in here because I want to bet we the people. The only shock is the sticker price. Two to one is not that appetizing, but he's a legit favorite. He's got speed in a field with not a lot of speed. And if Flavian Pratt, his jockey, can, can ration out his speed in the front end, I think he has a really good chance to wire the field. Mutt, if you had to pick a long shot here, and obviously it's not a very big field, but if you had to pick a long shot, someone that a horse that could pull off an upset or someone you have your eye on, who would you go with? Yeah, it's actually, I, I think she's going to be, she's 8-1 to one on the morning line, but I think the Philly Nest is really interesting. You know, Todd Pletcher has won this race before with the Philly Rags to Riches. That was also in a smallish field. That was a seven-horse field. 
or Rags to Riches won. Uh, the trainer, Todd Pletcher, has won, won three Belmonts before. And here's what I find interesting. So th- this horse ran in the Kentucky Oaks, which is the, the derby for the Phillies. And on that day, basically, they were already talking about coming back to run in the Belmont. And the reason is, and I won't get into the, the deep dive on, on horse breeding on your show, but this horse is bred to go a mile and a half. You know, her full brother, Idol, won the Sandy Day Handicap last year uh, going a mile and a quarter. Uh, he broke his maiden going a mile and a 316th. Like, th- this horse is bred to go the mile and a half of the Belmont Stakes. And Mike Rapoli has Mo Donegal in here. He's part owner of that horse, who's five to two second choice. There's no way, guys, they run this horse if they don't think she's ready to fire a big one. And so she's eight to one on the morning line. I think she'll be close to that price. I know it's not double digits, but to me, she's the more interesting of the prices of the double digit horses. I would lean towards Barbara Road on the outside. I think could definitely you know fill out your exactas and trifectas. I don't think he can win the race, but he's ten to one on the morning line. His jockey Joel Rosario is going to make one run late. Uh, blinkers off for John Ortiz, which has been a good move for him. Uh, but he's the longer of the prices I like, and he's 10 to 1. So, unfortunately, the 8 to 1 on Ness, the Philly, the number three horse, would be my favorite of, of the prices in this race. All right. You nailed, you, uh, nailed it in the Preakness. So, how exa- you, you gave some suggestions there, but what do you think the plan of attack for the exotic should be? My plan of attack is going to be trying to get the number one horse, We the People, and the number three horse, Ness, in the trifecta. If they're involved in the tri, first and second, first and third, even second and third, then we're going we're gonna to hit this thing. Um, we're going to have it, obviously, more with, with We the People on top. I prefer him. It'll be more with uh, Ness finishing second. The, uh, the other horse you have to use here, in my opinion, uh, would be Creative Minister uh, for Ken McPeak, who's running back uh, just a couple weeks after he ran really well uh, there in the Preakness. Uh, couldn't get to early voting rep center, but he's been training well. Uh, he's got uh, only one of the three horses in this race with a 100-buyer speed figure. So for me, it's one three five, but one three in the trifecta, Joe, will be what I'll be focusing on. And I, I guess I'm against, on paper, both the Derby winner, uh, Rich Strike, and the number five horse, Mo Donegal. Rich Strike needed a complete pace meltdown to win the Derby. And I feel like there are people in racing that are just like rooting for him because they don't want the Derby winner to stink. And there's a chance that he just got the perfect setup in the Derby and won. So if he runs first or second, I'm not going to have anything on him. And then Mo Donegal is just, it's master of the obvious. It's Todd Pletcher. It's Rapoli. He ran well he ran on in the Derby, won the Wood Memorial. He's one for two at Belmont. I just, this horse starts slow and he's going to be a short price. And I want, if I'm going to take a short price, guys, I need a horse that's not going to be closing. So I'm um, against Mo Donegal and Rich Strike. It'd be, you know, one, three, five uh, in that order for me. Uh, we the people, Nest and Creative Minister would be my, my top three if I had to give a top three. Mud, the course itself, uh, different than the other ones. One and a half uh, miles, the 12 furlongs here. But from, from your perspective, do you like the Belmont? Forget the, the, the card we have in the, in the horse we have this weekend. Do you like the Belmont compared to the other two races? Do you dislike it because it's longer? From the betting perspective and just the viewership perspective, what, what's your opinion on the Belmont and how it plays compared to the other two? Uh, first of all, I love the Belmont Stakes. You know, it's too bad we don't have a Derby winner. There's to me, there's the Derby's awesome, but Belmont Day, where a horse is going for the Triple Crown, like that, that 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 does it for me, boys. Like that that the whole setup. You know, can he get it done? You know, who's going to be up against him? The horses that laid in wait and the fresh faces, like all of that, is a great buildup. On a, I, I still like it anyway. Still of the three races. Uh, it might actually be my favorite because it's, it's a real test for these horses. I like the handicapping puzzle because people, they default to closers here. And I think there's value in taking speed horses 
in the Belmont Stakes. And I think they've taken advantage of that you know, over, over time. Commissioner, who just missed a total list, was like 20 to 1. I still had tears ripping up tickets that I couldn't get that horse home. But speed works well here. And so I feel like I have a bit of an advantage against some of the public who wants to bet closers. Um, so I really, really like the Belmont. As far as the track goes, that's the big thing to me. The, the big wide turns at Belmont. Post position doesn't matter in this show. Like some of the, the derby, like if you get stuck in a bad post and you get you know banged out of the gate, your race is over. But a mile and a half, only eight horses in this thing, you can have a tough start. You can stumble early and still make your one run. There's really no excuses in the Belmont, which is what I like. Uh, and the track usually plays fair. You know, the New York uh, uh, tracks in general, uh, I think for the most part, outside of Aqueduct sometimes in the winter, they play fair. So I love Belmont Park. It's a beautiful place to watch racing. I like betting at Belmont Park, and I, I love the Belmont Derby Day, uh, Belmont Stakes. Mutt, let's get to the hardwood, of course. Game four tonight. So we go from before game three, it was a toss-up series, even though uh, your team had home court. It was a pick them there. Uh, before game one, it was Golden State minus 150. So your team takes a 2-1 series advantage. All of a sudden, it's Celtics 240 with the uh, 2-1 series edge. What do you think of that series price? Uh, it's, I think it's fair. Um, but the, the, it's the, the series being over is just sort of silly. You know, we took a lot of calls yesterday in Boston. People, they think the two, one and the emotion of this thing. And they just, if you have watched, you have watched the Celtics this year, like they hate, they hate success. This team and Derek White said it heading into game seven in the heat series. If it were easy, it wouldn't be us. So this team absolutely excelled back against the wall, have to win. That's when they play their best. When they sort of have a lead or an edge, they seem to falter. And so I think tonight's game is so like a captain of the obvious, obviously. But this is so big for them because I want to see if they've grown yet. I want to see if they've sort of realized they can't rest in their laurels. They can't you know, lose game sixes at home in the Eastern Conference Final to get on a plane and go to Miami and win a game seven. So I think the 230 price is fair because they're better. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I threw three games. They're a better team than the Warriors are. Maybe Steph Curry slightly is the best player in the series, but after that, I mean, they got one good game out of Klay Thompson. And, of course, I was one of the people backing Klay Thompson unders in game three and got my butt kicked. But I still don't believe that he's fully healthy yet. And unless Steph can do it on his own, they're not winning the series. So it's a fair price, but by, by no way is this thing over given the Celtics' inability to take advantage of the situations they've been put in during this playoff run. Mud, how much of the Celtics doing that is on them and how much is the opponents? And I agree with you. I think the Celtics are better. I think they have more good players, and, and that's why they're winning this series. The only reason I think it's even 2-1 is because the, because the Celtics just turned the ball number two. That seems to be their hiccup. When they struggle, they turn it over. Do, do you put that more on them? Do they get sloppy? I mean, you've watched them all year long. Or it, was that more in game two, Golden State's defense locked down? Because if it's on Boston and they could correct that, I, I think this could end rather quickly. No, I think it's all them, Joe. I, 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 no disrespect to teams they face, but they go into these molds. It's funny. Uh, the third quarter the other night was when the Warriors, again, are having their monster third quarter and the Celtics are melting down. The reports are Ime Yudoka walked into the huddle and said, will you guys stop playing like a-holes? Like, that's, that's, that's what they do. They just turn into a JV team that just doesn't – it's like a quarterback doesn't care about turnovers. Like, just chucks it up in the triple coverage. Says, ah, if I get a pick, I get a pick. Marcus Smart still turned the ball over five times in that win. He's the captain of the turnover squad. Jalen Brown, he has been – has stretches where he kicks the ball out of bounds like he can't dribble. Jason Tatum will jump into the air with nowhere to go 
and just throw it across court for an interception the other way, easy layer for the Warriors. I think it's all them, and I think what you said is really, really smart, and I hope people listen to what you're saying, Joe. If they don't turn the ball over, they are going to win this series. If they lose it, barring any sort of major injury, like if Tatum's shoulder flares up or somebody gets hurt here, it's all on them. It's going to be self-inflicted wounds. If they can avoid that, they're going to win the 18, their 18th banner, which is kind of crazy given they were 19-21 and 21 in January and in 10th place in the East. It is all about them in my mind. But it felt pretty obvious that in game number three, Smart, Horford, Robert Williams would all bounce back, and they did. We're going to have a, a big game tonight as we look at player props for both sides. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I was trying to do some of that you know, before I came out with you guys because we'll do it on our show. We do uh, BetQL Boston, which is a Boston-centric um, betting show. And I, I, I'm, not sure, I, I'm not sure about the rotations, uh, but I think one thing that stood out that people should be aware of, Robert Williams playing in the fourth quarter was a sign that he's finally getting back to 100%. You know, he sat out, completely sat out in some of those games uh, in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Bucks, And he admitted after game three, guys, I had to learn to play with pain. And so the fourth quarter came around. I thought for sure, small lineup with Al Horford, he went small with Robert Williams. And to do that is a sign to me, they think Williams is, is healthier than he's been, you know, since that knee injury. So uh, I haven't done the deep dive, but I suspect that I'll be interested in Robert Williams props in this game tonight. Uh, and also be interested in Jason Tatum assist prop tonight. Uh, because what I think Golden State's going to have to do is try to make other people beat them, and they're going to go back to what they did early and say, hey, Derek White, hey, Marcus Smart, even Al Horford, good luck. And I think Tatum was a great distributor in that Miami series. He hit that assist total quite a bit. So for me, Robert Williams, I'm going to look at more this afternoon, and then Jason Tatum assist, feel like two for me. And I, I'm going to have to go back against Clay Thompson. Like I, I, got, I got burned, but I, I think I'll be probably playing his unders as well uh, in this game and hoping that he doesn't go that one, only one day rest and he's not quite 100% yet. So those three would be three that stand out as far as prop bets go for game four. Matt, the odds are telling us that Jason Tatum is going to be the MVP here. We have about 60 seconds to go. Um, if the Celtics win, he's through three games. He's got the uh, shorter odds to win the MVP than Jalen Brown. Do you agree with that? Uh, through three games, he's not the MVP. I know it's a cop out, Joe. I apologize. But right now it's Jalen Brown. And, you know, he was 9-1 to one before game three. Now he's down to 3-1. to one. Uh, There's, there's – there's, there's a lot of outs for Jalen Brown to still win this thing. You know, Steph Curry's the best player in the world. He's going to have a finals MVP. So if it stays on course the way it is right now, uh, I'd actually back Jalen Brown at a slightly bigger price. Jason Tatum's a better player, but Jalen Brown has had bigger moments so far uh, in this series. So the 3-1 to one versus the, the favoritism, I'd probably lean Brown's way. And it feels like one of those two. I still wouldn't rule out Marcus Smart. He locks down Steph Curry at an absolute bomb price. But it feels like Brown, Tatum, Smart in that order if I had to bet them today. Uh, with, with whatever book you're looking at. Great stuff. Mutt on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. We'll come back and we'll tier NFL teams as we look forward to the 2022 NFL season. That's next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.